0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from 1000s of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very highly decorated and senior officer from the Indian Army, Lieutenant General Shokin Chauhan. General Chauhan, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Honored to be in your company.
0: Thank you. General Chauhan is the former Director General of Assam Rifles. He has been recognized and honored by the President of India with the Param Vishish Seva Medal, an Ati Vishish Seva Medal, a Youth Seva Medal, a Sera Medal and a Vishisht Seva Medal. And not only is he a soldier, he's a thinking soldier and he's completed his PhD. He's also the Chairman of the Ceasefire Monitoring Group. So gentlemen, after such an amazing journey, let me take you back right to the beginning and ask you a simple question. From a young cadet to a three-star general. What did you do right in this journey?
1: Ashutosh, uh, firstly, thank you. I'm honored to be a part of your show, honored to be a part of the 1200 uh, people you've chosen and I'm so glad you chose me. Uh, What's amazing is that nothing was pre-planned. I didn't plan on being a general, I planned on being a good officer. At each point of my life, uh, I constantly reassessed my capabilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what's funny is that throughout my time, mm-hmm. it it wasn't uh, you know I I didn't get into what I'd say extreme ambition. Okay, I, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a aim uh, of becoming a general. I wanted yeah. to be a good officer, and for that, you know. Uh, let me make this a little interesting mm. uh, as to how things change when you're young. I I was a young second Lieutenant actually and a Lieutenant. Uh, I had a soldier who you know was my buddy. I still remember his name, Dal Badur Limbu. Mm-hmm. And Dal Badur, uh, you know was a very soft, gentle person from a, a village in uh, in Bhojpur, Nepal. Mm -hmm. And we used to chat about it. I was a young officer, he was a young soldier, you know, we'd sit down and chat. And unfortunately, Dal Bahadur uh, got cancer. Mm. And as he was dying of cancer, I was sitting with him in the hospital in INHS, Ashwani in Bombay. And uh, he he said, I'm not married. I know I'm dying. My check, You know the insurance check, and those days it was about say eighty-five thousand rupees, wasn't much. Mm -hmm. I'm talking of 82, actually.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, He said, "Sir, I need you to take it. uh, Need it. Need you to give it to my mother. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I don't want my elder brother to get it for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And my elder brother has a son, Mm -hmm. dasudev Who must who must be given an opportunity to study. Wow." So I was a young, careless, you know, officer, beaming, you know, a huge energy, uh, as young officers are. Mm-hmm. But then, when this boy died in uh, early eighty-three, I told my commanding officer, I said, "Look, I want to go and leave, and I want to take this leave and go to Nepal, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I have to do this for him." Mm-hmm. So that started the process of actually, you know, seeing how my soldiers looked up to me. Correct. I didn't have an idea how I looked after myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just a normal guy. So my soldiers, uh, so I went in the December of 1983 completely. Mm-hmm. And I, there are two incidents here. One is that, you know, we, were, we, we, we had to walk about two days to mm. wow. reach his village. Mm-hmm. Eastern nepal uh, in 1983 even today is notoriously bad for roads mm-hmm. they simply don't exist so uh, we got off at uh, a place called Dharan and took another bus mm-hmm. uh and it took us you know grinding journey to uh, Dankuta, mm-hmm. from where we got off and I had to walk 8 hours to to the arun river a huge river it was about 6 mm-hmm. 11 Mm. in the morning when we started. So by six, we reached the Arun. Mm. And unfortunately, it was dark. It it was December. Mm. So uh, the Maji, the the boatman had Mm -hmm. gone over the other side and wasn't available for us to move across the Arun River. Mm. You can imagine December in Nepal, uh, extremely cold. Mm. So I had another soldier with me and I told him, I said, look, I think we'll have to stand the night. I, I, I'm not going to go backwards. Mm. So find a place for us to stay. Mm. So he came back after 15, 20 minutes or maybe half an hour. And he said, sir, mm. there's, a, there's a lone house about a kilometer from here. Mm.
2: Uh,
1: there's a young lady there with a small child. when I told her that you're coming. Mm. Uh, she said, yes, uh, but it's a single room. So we will have to stay in the cowshed. So I mm-hmm. said, yeah, mm-hmm. as long as there's a, you know, we, we covered, mm-hmm. it's okay, we had our sleeping bags, and it wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. So next morning, when I woke up Ashtosha, uh, I found this young girl, she was mm-hmm. very young, she had a child, so she was making garland of flowers. Mm-hmm. So I asked her, I said, uh, younger sister, Bahini, as they say mm-hmm. in Nepali, because I speak Nepali. Mm-hmm. She said, uh, I said, Bahini, weren't you afraid? You know, uh, that two strange men came to your house. You're living alone, and uh, she looked at me and she said, uh, "Dai, that is elder brother." Says Dai. When I heard that you were an Indian army officer, I felt that God had come. Wow! And God don't and gods don't do wrong things. Mm. That's the first time in my life I reassessed. process of who I was. Mm, amazing. You know, you, when you're young, you don't really feel what you know, you don't really know yourself. I was not particularly a great uh, cadet in the NDA. Mm. Uh, definitely not in the first 50. But this reassessment of knowing who I was, and what was expected of me, yeah. came through this younger. Amazing. Who, who told me that? Look, as far as we're concerned, you're God. Wow. Now you have to live up to it, and it's up to you. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. So that, in fact, changed me in many ways. I suppose it changed my the way I looked at things. Mm-hmm. And the other story here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, since we are in the in the point that we're mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. Uh, what? it was expected of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a commanding officer, we were fighting in to mm-hmm. the 11th of December, mm-hmm. I had uh, lost two soldiers, mm-hmm. you know, in a terrorist, uh, terrorist attack. And uh, we were in the process of, uh, you know, picking up their bodies and, you know, trying to kill the terrorists who killed my soldiers, mm-hmm. it was an extremely bleak evening. Mm-hmm. Extremely bleak.
2: Mm.
1: It happens, you know, and in a large organization as a colonel. Uh, it was uh, 2000. It was, uh, yeah, in, in 2000, I was 42 years old. Mm. And I sat with my soldiers and I said, Look, uh, this has happened. Mm. We've got to kill these guys. And we've got to do this. And uh, right. maybe I'm pushing you guys too hard, but we have a job to do. Mm. And it was at 13,500 feet. Again, extremely cold uh, evening you know, and I had had lots of things to do, but the Mm. main thing was, I could get these bodies back, kill the terrorists and get my soldiers out of a losing situation. Mm. So one of these soldiers stands up and says, uh, you don't have to feel sorry. Mm. We expect from you that you will be the best there can be for us, Mm. so that you can get us victory. Mm. He says we've signed up for a certain job, so that some of us will lose our job. Mm-hmm. But we look up to you to ensure that not many more, due to incompetence, die. Correct. So he, in other words, told me that we expect the highest competence from mm-hmm. you, and we expect you to be a leader. So then, nice. you know, then again that jolted me into saying that, look, I have to be the best. Mm-hmm. I, I can't allow you know a failure here. Hmm. So that's how things change Ashutosh, hmm. When you reassess yourself and you see and at each point, you don't know what you're going to do correct. correct. But the only thing is that you as a leader have to push people forward. So I would like to you know think of these two as milestones and what amazing
0: stories. These are such amazing stories. So let me just keep moving on general uh, and we'll, you know let me talk to you a little bit about counterterrorism and insurgency and you are a Gurkha officer. So when I was reading about you, I was, I was reminded of a comment of Field Marshal Shah who said, if somebody tells you he's never, never tired, he's a liar or a Gurkha. Yeah. What was it like to serve in Indian Army's, uh, I mean, one of the most decorated uh, regiments of the Indian Army? The thing is, Ashutosh, I told you
1: before, when you go to a Gurkha Battalion, and I was second generation here. Yeah. So I, okay. I speak Nepali fluently. I was mm-hmm. when I was born into the regiment. Mm-hmm. So I speak Nepali fluently. Okay. Thing about Gurkhas is that they give you the chance to be their leader. Okay. You know?
2: Hmm.
1: In that they trust you. Okay. They trust you for your competence and they trust you for your incompetence. Mm-hmm. The second is that in trusting you, they actually allow you to lead them. Mm. And it's not that they're not afraid, it's correct. not that they're not tired. Mm. But when you go and live and see the kind of lives they live in Nepal, as I, after that time, when I, so it's, you know, told you I went to Nepal, I went to Nepal 11 more times. Wow. Mm. Uh, Trekked in those areas, looked at the people, saw how they live, their lives are extremely difficult. Mm. In the month of December, in some of those villages, like the one that Dalbadublin right yeah. in the state,
2: mm. uh,
1: there is not even, uh, you know, for water they have to go down. Wow. Maybe five hours, six hours to get the water and come back. So mm. They have, they subsist on no they call it kursani or green chili mm. they the mother has stored an odd green chili on the top mm. of the roof and takes it out only when a guest comes or when there's a need for a feast right so when they live these difficult lives they are capable of so much more you know ability right because they, their expectations are different mm. so when they're the best troops to have in mountains well, the best troops to have in the jungles so more than anything else they are the best troops for a counter-terrorism operation okay. the reason is they are not violent people mm-hmm. they can come to come to violence immediately they can get very very angry mm-hmm. but they're also very gentle okay so normally in counterterrorism and insurgency situations you don't mm-hmm. have human rights problems. When you are leading Gurkhas, correct, Uh, which is a bane of you know the other troops because they tend to get angry. Mm -hmm. When troops get angry when they lose a soldier, Mm -hmm. they tend to react against an innocent population, Mm -hmm. and that creates more terrorists and more insurgents. That's it. So uh, this is this is what leading Gurkhas is all about. Amazing, amazing,
0: and uh, you know we have seen a lot of. Uh, insurgency in different parts of our country. What steps are being taken to combat some of these uh, insurgency problems?
1: Ashutosh, uh, if you have read about insurgency, Mm -hmm. you would realize that the center of gravity of an insurgency situation are the people living in that area. Well said. Mm -hmm. That's the center of gravity. Mm -hmm. Which actually means that the insurgents come from within the people. Mm. If the mothers, and they're a very powerful uh, you know, effect in a child's life, which you will agree, mother right. and the father, mm. if they tell their kids mm. that we don't believe in this cause and mm. I am not going to feed my child to this, this fire of insurgency, mm. no child will go. Right. Once you understand that insurgency springs from the people, is the time when you understand that you have to deal with the people to bring this insurgency. Mm. So the steps that we have to take Mm. in these insurgency areas, and I've noticed it in Nagaland, I've noticed it in Manipur, I've noticed it in Kashmir, Mm. is is governance. Mm you have to bring good governance. Mm. You have to bring education, Mm. you have to bring employment. You have to bring a transformation in their lives to make sure that the mothers do not give their children away. Correct. So the ultimate arbiter of that home from where that insurgent or terrorist Mm. is born is the mother. Mm. And if you can reach out to her and tell her, look, your child deserves a better future. Mm-hmm. He should not be in this insurgency mm-hmm. or devs. Mm-hmm. They'll get him back. Well said. Well said. So and the, and the
0: army seems to have done a lot of very very good work. Uh, I mean, this is what I was hearing in my recent trip to Manipur and yeah. So Nangal. we have
1: these, you know, in in Kashmir we have these goodwill schools. Mm-hmm. We have. Uh, I remember building a stadium. I was the commander in Shopia. Mm-hmm in 2008, okay. seven, eight, nine. Mm. So we, I organize a peace run, we meet them, we, we we have goodwill schools, we try and educate the children, mm. we try and make sure that the education that we give them mm. does not involve, you know, this cruise of uh, terrorism or the issue about uh, killing somebody else to, you know, appease right. the, the God that you follow. Mm.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, in Nagaland we have similar structures we have the army development group we have these we have bulldozers with us we have uh, engineers we have mm-hmm. met, veterinarians we have doctors we make these teams and we send them into difficult villages mm-hmm. wherein we ask the village villagers what do they want mm-hmm. and uh, if they want a playground we dose an area to make a playground we give mm-hmm. them uh, you know equipment to play especially football. Mm-hmm. You know, these younger people play very well. Uh, archery is another place where the, the mm. Northeast is uh, boxing. All these comes through putting the youth into a different stream. Assam mm. Rifles also runs 44 schools. Wow. Uh, and I was, you know, 42 of them are uh, primary level schools. Mm. Those primary level schools gives you education. Mm. And uh, I, I found that there's a lot of. Lot of comfort in children attending the schools, mm. and I feel that education, governance, employment mm. are the three mantras for any government. Mm. And we've got to do it honestly, Ashutosh. Correct. No, no other way. correct. Correct. No other way. correct. So, you
0: know, you've served for uh, you know several many years in Northeast India, and uh, the northeast part of a country has traditionally been very restive you know people are not uh, and it's only now that we are beginning to see some kind of integration what are some of the challenges the army and the country has faced uh, in these northeastern states Suthi, so to
1: understand the naga insurgency because that is what started the insurgency in the northeast right. the naga insurgency right from 1929 when they made the Naga Club, mm. so when members of uh, the Naga would been taken by the Brits to fight the First World War, in a, something called the labor Corps,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And they came back, they were a little more educated, more educated than their fellow tribesmen. Right. So they formed what was known as the Naga Club, mm-hmm. it was really a social organization to try and bring up their tribes. Mm-hmm from that time onwards, and to the point at which we were reaching our independence. Mm-hmm. So the Nagas stressed that they had not been a part of it. Okay. And uh, in 1946, they had the Hyderi Accord, mm-hmm. which actually uh, said that look, uh, that, uh, and this was Governor Hydri of Assam, mm-hmm. who said, 10 years be with India. Mm-hmm after 10 years, we will give you the option of secession. Mm. But for 10 years, give it 10. Mm. And if you like the idea of India, be a part of us.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, which seemed to me as a sensible way to go. But for, by 1951, uh, the political leadership in Delhi had decided to uh, uh, do away with this accord. And subsequent things happened by which an armed insurgency started by 1946. Mm. More than anything else, Ashutosh, it to the fact that it, one did not believe in that they were a part of us. Mm. Two, we had not helped them in any way to create infrastructure. Mm. We had not taken schools there, we had not given them the idea of India.
2: Mm.
1: And that they were actually, you know, looking towards Myanmar, because that's where they, they actually migrated right. from a 1000 years ago, Yeah, a lot of migrations had taken place in mm. Assam. So when there's a separation of that kind, Ashutosh, mm. and these are minorities with different languages, different, yeah. you know, religious following different gods, different mm. structures, different traditions, as a larger majority, mm. our integration process should have been, you know, much, much softer and better. Correct. which we missed out. Mm. But that's how the insurgency started. Mm. And if the insurgency has been running from 1956 mm. till today, there has to be something that that cause resonates in the people, mm. which it has not been able to be, we have not been able to reduce that by violence, mm. or by directed violence or force by the mm. state security forces, including the army.
2: Mm.
1: We need Them to understand that they are a part of us. Hmm. We need them to understand that they will not be discriminated against.
2: Hmm.
1: That they will have full, you know, full access to the idea of India. Right. Well said. Well said. This seems to be the problem. There's a dichotomy in the thought process. Hmm. Well
0: said. So I'm now going to move to uh, our two neighbors. I'm going to when you've. I've uh, worked with both our big neighbors on, on our east and our west. Let me start by asking you first about China, and then I'll come to Afghanistan and Pakistan. Uh, but before I come there, I want to ask you a more basic question, and I've asked this from many people. It is often said that a Chinese soldier fights for his party, which is the People's Liberation Army. A Pakistani soldier fights for his, for his religion. And an Indian soldier fights for his motherland. I'd love to get your perspectives because every soldier is, is a great soldier.
1: I think every soldier, Ashutosh, fights for his cause, correct. So whether the cause is the party mm-hmm. or the cause is the religion or the cause is uh, the country, mm-hmm. it's eventually the cause correct. Secondly. Every society builds a narrative around soldiers. Mm. And that narrative is a very highly thought process of morality. Mm. Because soldiering is a difficult profession. Yep. And you don't want to die for the wrong cause. Mm. So, whether it's the party, the religion, or the country, mm. eventually it's the cause by which you say that I'm ready to sacrifice my life. Mm. Well said. Well said. So you know, so this is the ultimate arbitrary. That cause has to be reinforced. Mm. In 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 our in the Indian army, we reinforce it by the use of religion, God, traditional practices, Mm. systems. Wherein we we link the soldier to the higher concept of protecting his motherland Mm. and protecting his country. Said. Which is a you know which which is part of what his gods want.
0: Hmm. Well said, and it's the Nam namak nishan. Is it
1: is the naam namak nishan.
0: Very
1: well. Uh, similarly, I've noticed the Chinese soldiers also look at their party as their god, hmm. as their protector. Correct. And the Pakistanis look at their religion as their protector. Well said. Absolutely. So so I, I don't think there's any very great issue here. Hmm. Okay. Suppose, yeah. okay. Because we are all looking at the same concept. Well said.
0: So now talking a little bit about China. Um, I remember when I used to talk to my father who was in the 62 war, they were very, very poorly equipped in those days. And now what I read, the army is a absolutely modern army. But what are some of the challenges China represents for us?
1: See, having dealt with China, all I can say is that China has a clarity of vision. Mm. In 1950-51, mm. Mao had spoken of the five-finger concept. I wonder if you heard of that. Mm, I have. That means Tibet is the palm of the hand. Yeah. Right. And Nefa, that's Arunachal Pradesh, Sikkim, Bhutan, Nepal.
0: Are the five fingers.
1: Are the five fingers? Correct. From then till today, that stance has not changed. So, the vision of the Middle Kingdom has been that we were great in the 17th, Mm. 18th century. We lost our way in the 18th and 19th centuries, but Mm. we are going to come back to dominate this world. True. Now, whether China is, of course, China is playing a game. Of course, Mm. she wants to tell India, as far as India is concerned, that look, we are the larger part. Yeah, you're a subordinate part,
2: mm.
1: right? India, on the other hand, Ashutosh, and I can be a little frank here, mm. is that we inherited the boundaries of the British, right, of the British colonial empire, mm. and maybe we haven't, you know, got hold of knowing what should be really the boundaries of our country. Mm. We have made a certain the McMahon line as inviolate, mm-hmm. and maybe we should be explained to the Chinese that this is how India stands now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The Chinese have explained to us that this is what they feel about China, and they mm-hmm. will continue to change these lines to blur these issues so that the advantage during negotiation takes place. Correct. When dealing with Chinese officers and uh, and soldiers, I find that they tend to be very aggressive while dealing with you. Mm. They tend to be loud, they tend to make a lot of noise, they tend to threaten. Mm. You have to be reasonable. Mm. But you also have to have force to back your reasonableness. Absolutely. Mm. So the mistake we made is not having that force. And we somehow started experimenting with the Degree of force we should be using. Correct. Right. Uh, General Rupert Smith in his book, uh, "The Utility of Force," mm-hmm. speaks of force as a system by which you, you know, plan your strategic operations. Mm. The idea that you can manipulate this force mm-hmm. to create what you want where is mm-hmm. the main issue everywhere. But if you don't give it a thought, then the utility of force decreases because you don't have force to back you. When you don't have force to back you, your negotiation with the Chinese reduces. Absolutely. Then you move from a point of strength Mm. to the point of weakness, which descends very quickly. Absolutely.
2: Mm.
1: With the Pakistanis, on the other hand, we've always used force. Mm. We've never used any other way and we've dealt with them quite firmly. Mm. Okay. But to the Chinese, there was a point in the late 50s when we were still becoming a nation and we had downgraded our armed forces
2: Mm.
1: to the time when we lost the war in 62.
2: Yeah.
1: To the point that we started developing, that we started creating in this Chinaman the concept that he was 10 feet tall. Yeah. That has probably been reinforced. In our political people, in our in their minds, in our mm. diplomats, in our uh, you know, the bureaucrats.
2: Mm.
1: And we never allowed it to develop. Right. With Chinese, there is only one way. You have to have compatible force. Correct. Well, and it's... if you don't allow them to bully you, mm. they don't bully you. If you stand That's firm, it. you stand firm. But you can only stand firm if you have force method.
0: Absolutely right. And uh, your response gives me an interesting segue to my next question, which is on Pakistan. That seems to be a nation in turmoil. What are your thoughts on
1: handling uh, our neighbor? Ashutosh, when I was a younger commander, I was commanding the 8th Mountain Division in Kargil.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm talking of 2012, 13. Right. At that time, within our political leadership, we had the thought process that uh, mm. a stable Pakistan was in India's interest. Yeah, uh, And to keep it stable, we maybe had to accept what Nawaz Sharif was trying to say, mm. or, you know, keep the political system stable, and not allow the army to be, get a bigger hand. Mm. And therefore, allow the political system Greater space than we would have allowed otherwise. Mm. and that meant not hitting their army to a manner at which the political people could get you know would not get upset right. and that they would be able to deal with them as a. Well. But that didn't work mm-hmm. uh, because Pakistan too deserves to be told mm. that the only way we can deal with you is how you deal with us right. We are not fools. Mm. If You utilize uh, terror. Mm-hmm. If you utilize uh, other means, uh, which are not meant to be used, we mm. will utilize the same. Right, right. But for don't think for a moment that we're afraid mm. or that we, as a nation, don't have the resolve to sort you out.
2: Mm. See,
1: difference has changed in now that we say an unstable Pakistan is not too bad an idea. Absolutely. And maybe a broken up Pakistan is a way to that. Mm. Or at least we are articulating it. Correct. Correct. And if we are articulating it and it reaches them that look, India doesn't bother whether you're there or not. True. We're going to use the force to the manner at which we think it's useful for us. Mm. At that point, they understand that India might just do that. Mm. Well said. Well said. So these those are the two different kinds of situations how we treated Pakistan at one time, mm. because we felt that the stable Pakistan was more in our interest. Mm. And now we don't care whether stable or unstable. Absolutely. We can deal with it. Well said. Well said.
0: So I've got time for one more question for you, General, and I'm going to ask you a, a question on Afghanistan. Um, you know, we've invested a lot of time, effort, money in Afghanistan, the new regime has come there. The Pakistan thought Taliban is going to be very favorable to them. It doesn't seem to be working that way. What are your thoughts on managing uh, our relationships with Afghanistan?
1: In the National Defense Academy, when as a cadet, mm-hmm. we did something called international relations, Right, as one of the many subjects we did. Mm-hmm. In the first rule of international relations was that there are no permanent interests. Absolutely. You, can, you know, they're no permanent friends or anything. Yeah. They're only permanent interests. Correct. The permanent interest of a nation mm-hmm. eventually decides how you're going to behave with others. True. I'll just leave Afghanistan, I go to Nepal because that's an issue that we need to understand. Mm-hmm. Nepal is a small country between India and China. Between India and Tibet, and Tibet is part of China. We can't expect that Nepal will continue to, you know, be with us if she does not see an advantage. Mm. If she feels that India is not strong enough for her, mm. then she will go back, go to China. Correct. Because, and to her national interest, a permanent interest is firstly ensuring her own independence, Mm. her own survivability, Mm. and that can only ensure there is a balance of power Mm. between what they used to call the Kingdom of the South and the Kingdom of the north. Similarly with Afghanistan, time and time again, despite all the interferences by these large powers, Mm. Mm. what comes back is that Afghanis have their own clear idea of what is their national interest. Mm. Okay. And their national interest might mean, and I'm saying might mean, mm-hmm. the unification of the Pashtun tribe. Right. And that might mean that the Duran Line, which has expired now, yeah. the 100-year-old line,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, will only, always be a bone of contention for Pakistan, because the Pashtuns will live in Pakistan too. Mm. And as they used to say, that you know, you've been a Pashtun for 5,000 years. Yeah. You're a Pakistani for only 75 years. Mm. Right? Yeah. So, the loyalties of the Pashtun tribe mm. may destroy the concept of, uh, of using religion as a binding factor. Yep. yep. Afghanistan's always going to look at that issue mm. because their dominant tribe is the Pashtun tribe. Correct. The second issue is Afghanis used to be actually our neighbor. Mm. Pakistan was, you know, didn't exist. 75 years ago. Mm-hmm. There was a very close relationship between us and Afghanistan, Correct, a lot of trade took place, a lot of movement took place. And if you see history wise, historically, Ashut, mm-hmm. you, you, you can see the movement from Central Asia from Iran to India, mm-hmm. the old silk route, all the old trade routes were mm-hmm. all from this particular line and mm-hmm. Afghanistan for centuries used to be the transit point for the mm-hmm. movement of trade caravans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Afghanis would either be a part of the trade caravan or would be retailers by picking that up and coming into India to sell. Hmm. There was always a close relationship. Khan Abdul Ghaffar Khan was a Pashtun. Uh, he could well have identified himself as Afghan. It was just an artificial line that, to do that. So Henry Duran created by creating the Duran line. Absolutely. Okay, So eventually, I think. Uh, and I've noticed this even in Nagaland, Manipur. I've mm. noticed that tribal loyalties are eventually the the deepest law. Absolutely. I feel that a neighbor's neighbor is a better friend mm. than the neighbor itself, because uh, unless you have good fences, you you will never have good neighbors. Absolutely. Well said, sir.
0: And you know, on, on that note of a neighbor's neighbor, which is you're going back to Chanakya uh, Thank you so much for speaking to me, General Chauhan. Thank you for talking to me about your incredible journey, your two stories about the young soldier and about the young girl where you stayed, where she said the Indian Army officer is like God. Thank you for talking to me about counterterrorism. Uh, and all the amazing work you have led your troops in, in across the whole country different parts of North India. Thank you also for giving me your perspectives of China, Pakistan and Afghanistan. Thank you for speaking to me, sir. And good luck.
1: Thank you, Ashutosh. What a pleasure. Thank you for listening to The
0: Brand Called You, videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world.